And if we have a strong resource base, we know that moving forward, we are able to keep doing the things we need to do to have the quality of life we want as we pursue our statement of purpose. Mm. And that's what gives you that resilience and that deep feeling of, you know, we got this and we've got a future. To think that over, we're in business together, so we, we're navigating complexities and tensions and challenges. And to think that we're doing so in a way that's making us respect each other and like each other more, it's actually good right. for our friendship. That's a really beautiful, exciting, empowering thing to make decisions toward. A business is a value-adding process. The way I see the quality of life statements of the business are the things you need to feel true of the business if you're excited and fed and nourished by being involved in the business. Because so often we start businesses that smash and trash and drag our quality of life through the, through the dust. Oh, welcome back to the Making Permaculture Stronger podcast. I'm your host, Dan Palmer. And I'm obviously in a bit of funny mood as I welcome you to get this episode 5 zero that's episode 50 folks we made it that's half a century for making permaculture stronger podcast episodes yay, yay! yay! 50th birthday 50th yay! yay making permaculture stronger 50 times with yay! episodes yay! Yay! yay very exciting so uh, i invite you to to listen with a celebratory attitude and um, and today this is I'm going to be sharing the continuation of what was a single session where I was working with Scott and Sam from Paul Veneer Design, it's PaulVeneerDesign.com, who um, had articulated a holistic context, and I had the pleasure of of reviewing it with them. And so we finished that session up here, uh, which fits nicely, is nested nicely within the current theme where we've had a series of episodes diving into, starting with episode 40, a little while back, um, and then a couple of episodes back with my amazing conversation with Alan Savory, founder of Holistic Management, and the whole idea of a holistic context, um, and then in the last episode, the first segment of the conversation with Scott and Sam, and I'm really pleased to think it's a very relevant topic and theme at the moment, and although for some of you, this podcast will be maybe a little bit of a WTF scratch your head type experience um, and, and some of it's I think it's all easy enough to follow you can go and check out the show notes if you want to read the holistic context we're talking about um, but if it does sound a bit technical here's a way of thinking about what we're doing here and why I think it's quite uh, magical and, and, and beautiful and, and important stuff we're working on this thing that Scott and Sam have articulated called a holistic context, which is like the DNA of their organization, the DNA of their f- firm. It's got a lot of layers to it, like core intention and or statement of purpose and quality of life and names like this, future resource space. But in essence, what it is, it's like it acts like DNA. It acts like the seed through which the possibility of a design firm, a Paul Veneer design firm, that is really on the pulse in terms of developing its own potential and delivering as much value to as many stakeholders, to Scott and Sam and other staff, to the clients they work with, to Earth, to um, people in the communities they touch in whatever ways. And so it's like um, we're diving into the organising intelligence that it already is and will continue to increasingly, I feel, guide the day-to-day decisions that dictate the destiny of Paul Veneer Design. So I hope they puts it in a in a context that 
motivates you, maybe even excites you a bit to, to listen and think about how maybe this won't apply to your, your situation. I'm confident that if you are running a design firm, if you're working as a permaculture designer, that you'll definitely find this stuff relevant. And before we jump in, I wanted to tell you that I thought I'd do an experiment and I put up on holisticdecisionmaking.org a six-week online course introducing people into the world of holistic decision making and I was blown away by how much interest there is so that's already started and it's we got off to a wonderful beginning very excited to see where we can get in six weeks in terms of supporting people to articulate their own contexts and get into the swing of making decisions toward um, toward the contexts and because I I had obviously choose a particular time which didn't work for some time zones in the world and people have been asking I've just put up a second iteration which starts in a couple of weeks which you can learn about at holisticdecisionmaking.org and that will work better for people in that include the Canada um, the states Central and South America as well as Australia and New Zealand but not so good this time for Europe yeah yeah so that's underway and that said I think we'll dive right on into the chat with Scott and Sam if you haven't heard the previous episode this might the start might feel a bit abrupt because we're just continuing we're like a third of the way through or whatever so if, if you want to get the whole story go back and listen to the the last episode episode 49 first otherwise uh best of luck making heads and tails of it and uh and i'll check in with you again at the end i'll catch up that's one filters i'm using when i'm assessing quality of life statements is could i see this statement having some sort of meaningful bearing on a future decision we have comfortable places to live that allow for gardening and food practice. And I could, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, some de yeah. decisions you might make as a business will have consequences for the truth of the statement. So it's great. That matters. It's in there. I'm not necessarily sure I'd put it under economic well-being, but whatever. That's, yeah, that's what I was going to ask, but I, that feels, it's in quality of life. <laughs> yeah, it's a detail. It matters most. Okay, yep. So I can see how those two are solid. Um, then we move into what you've put as relationships. And these categories come from Alan Savory's book, right? So, yeah. Yeah, we pulled pretty much textbook yeah. from the, the book, the Bible. Yep. So this one you have the, I'll read it fast. We have relationships among our decision makers and with our resource base, which are transparent, mutually beneficial, clear and openly communicated, balanced with regard to power dynamics, empathetic, compassionate, empowering, professional, safe, non-toxic, fun and diverse. So for me, this lands as a case where it feels like a scattered target. So the question would be is if you could go through these, and there's certainly some examples here, we might even be able to find one right now, where one is implied by another. So like, for example, if we're balanced with regard to power dynamics, you might say, well, what we mean by non-toxic, we couldn't be toxic if that was true. I mean, that right. might not be the yeah. case. But, or if we're yeah. compassionate, then how could we not be empathetic? Or the other way around. It's like one of them contains the other. And so you don't need yeah, to same with, same with mutually beneficial, you know, some of those things like balance with regard to power dynamics, like it's gotta yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. Professional and transparent could nest. So, so how do you pick like the, a lot of them feel like they could nest either way. Well, you, you pick one. You, usually there is, I find there one, one is a bigger concept than the other, but if they sit at the same kind of level, then just pick one that resonates most. If they both have the same connotation, you know, and so I certainly think that's, be some space there with non-toxic that's a general rule of thumb I, I again i break my own rules of thumb sometimes the idea of stating quality of life statements positive what are you heading towards not what are you heading away from? so more of a regenerate life or at least a do good attitude than a rest disorder 
yeah. the idea being if we state what the, the positive things we want to be true of these relationships clearly enough, then we don't need to say they're non-toxic because they, you know, how could they not be? Okay, that makes sense. And, and so you've got relationships among our decision makers and with our resource base. Part of me wonders if you tease those apart, you know, because the relationships you have internally as a team, which is now the three of you, right? That's a really, yeah. really key important thing. Like I'll just check what we, now as we have, we have a business culture based on mutual respect, open communication and complementary diversity, which is getting across that idea that we just want a healthy internal culture and our relationships to be, to be healthy. And then we, we think of our relationships with our people enterprises and whatever in our resource space is a different thing. Something for you to sit with, but to me, it's almost, it's yeah, like yeah. important <laughs> enough to, to think about what would this decision mean for our relationships internally amongst ourselves? Oh, they, they could create this issue. So let's talk about that. So I'd, I'd wonder about passing that into two. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting idea hmm. of separating the decision-maker and resource-based relationship. Yeah, or well, particularly just conscious of, I mean, it's the thing that makes or breaks small business, right, really, is, is how well does everyone get on? And yeah. It's pretty rare. For, I feel really excited to still be in business with Adam Grubb after 10-plus years, and we still like each other. Yeah. You, you guys seem to be doing well. We are, yeah. I I hope so we far, so far. Huh? So far, so good. I hope it's been three years. Ten years, man. We'll feel really grateful. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. been it's been about three years. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's a beautiful thing, right? Like to think that over, we're in business together, so we we're navigating complexities and tensions and challenges, and to think that we're doing so in a way that's making us respect each other and like each other more, it's actually good right. for our friendship. That's a really beautiful, exciting, empowering thing to make decisions toward and, and to remind yeah. yourself too, right? It's like, oh, yeah, that really matters. So I might soften my position on this because it's more important mm -hmm. to me that, that we make it through this as friends. <laughs> okay, so we move down to challenge and growth. So that first one, yeah, that, the gist of that landed, it had a, had a good ring for me. So we, we continue learning and gain confidence on how to run and grow our business. One point I'll make here is that one thing I've found helpful is, is making the way the sentences are or the statements are phrased present tense active voice so, so to me it would be more active as we are continually learning and gaining confidence on how you know it's a small thing just for you to sit with but to me that it just has a bit more like oh yeah this is actually something that's it's an ongoing process we grow on a personal level you know so to me it, i'll get listeners to sit with it with a difference so we grow on a personal level as communicators and facilitators or we are we are growing on a personal level as communicators and facilitators. And to me, I'd even think about just saying, get rid of the personal level. We are growing as communicators and facilitators. How could that not be on a personal level? We're growing as communicators and facilitators. That's something that you want to be true. But whatever, these are, these are more detailed suggestions. We, we accept work, which, oh, you mentioned these at the beginning too, encourages us to keep learning, features diverse projects, ecosystems and contexts, has clear objectives and outcomes. You're contradicting yourself a bit there. You said at the beginning that quite often you take on projects where that's part of the deal. There are no clear objectives. Then that's part of your job is to help ideally, them arrive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the goal, right? We'd yeah. like to move. I think that's part of the work that we need to do, right? Is this, if we adjust a little bit of the service that we provide to, to clients, the idea is that we create with them, yes. mostly them, us guiding. Yep. You have a clear objective. Yep. Yep. Help them arrive at. Yeah. So maybe it's like we accept work in which we're able to help or something like that. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not these. They're not these things that already have to exist for us to accept the job. But we need to sense that. Yeah, that create. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Brings clear and obvious value to our clients. I mean that that one there to me, the fact that it's a, a dot point within a nested within a dot point belies its importance. 
a business is a valuating process and the value you bring to the people you work with, like that's the core essential function of the business is, is offering value to your clients. Part of me wants to elevate that to a quality of life statement in its own right is that whatever else you're doing, you're making decisions that increase the amount of value you're bringing to your clients. So I'd wonder about that. Maybe that gets elevated and the other ones sit there. I think that general one, the idea, you know, getting clear on what kinds of work you accept is great. Possibly it could become part of uh, outside of the context as a goal or something. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Mm. Leave it there for now. Okay. Should we just keep rolling? Is this process working? Yeah, yeah that's good. Okay. Purpose and contribution. So the two aspects of this, what do we want to be and what do we ultimately want to accomplish? So inside what do we want to be, we're effective in helping clients meet their goals. So yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? After the earlier conversation, there's some duplication there. And to me, it's also, I would th- think about merging that one into an elevation of bringing value to your clients because that's really what that's getting at is we're bringing value to yeah. our clients. Right? That's what it means. And part of that means helping them articulate their goals as well as stewarding their journey and bringing them into ecological literacy and all, all the other stuff. We specialize in tropical agroforestry, permaculture design, education. Da, da, da. So this is an interesting one. You know, To me, it's on the fence, it's on the line. Because on the one hand, it's something you could change your decision about. You know, you've decided to specialize those, in those things in service of your holistic context. Who knows? You know, Like in three years, you might say, screw permaculture. So, you know, it's gotten gotten a bad rap in the press something went wrong on some big project so um we 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 don't specialize in permaculture anymore but you know you still do pretty much exactly what you do i don't know you know we specialize and we're recognized as yeah it could could go either way i mean it does seem pretty core it's hard to imagine a paul veneer design that doesn't involve bring those flavors together in that sense maybe could end up saying i mean you know we we feel passionate about that but you know things change like you said so i definitely get what you're saying yeah Part of me actually sitting with it wonders if it, those flavors could be up in the statement of purpose, you know, and, and which that might evolve. I don't know. It yeah, it gets, at, it gets at more of our like day-to-day work. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. Than quality of life necessarily. Yeah. Quality yeah. Of life, but it, you could construe it that way, right? So like we've got this context about we're fast tracking our retirement and surfing and everything and we're doing that in certain ways. Well, and toward that context, toward that bigger picture of adding value and, meaningful livelihood we're choosing to specialize in, in these things which you communicate on the website and everything else it doesn't necessarily need to be in your context we're a design firm with an excellent reputation for professionalism possibly the most or one of the most powerful quality of life statements in veg's context is we're professional organized and unrushed one thing i wonder there is you can't make decisions well you can and you can't but you, you you don't have direct control or decision making power over your reputation you make decisions about things that you do and how you show up and hopefully that generates a excellent reputation yeah i, I don't know you go like also way. reputation is that's a very subjective thing right like what we might consider an excellent reput- reputation others might say that's not a very good reputation at all it, totally yeah 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 so I'd, I'd wonder about the opportunity to, to rephrase it so it's like um we conduct ourselves in a professional manner or you know, something like that. Something that you can... In a way that reflects the above, right? Like yeah. The relationships yeah. that we want to have, that those exactly. are reflected in how we... You know, right. Yes, and we already right. have the word professionalism in the relationship. Oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tab. And so, you know, maybe we're just hitting out a redundancy there. It, it is something that does feel fairly core to our business that we think maybe separates us from 
similar firms and designers in, mm -hmm. in this part of the world that we, we really focus on. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's very much contextual. Yeah. yeah. So it, yeah. it is something that we, we do, we, we really do think about. It's like, all right, we want to like make it real pro. Yeah. 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 Well, again, I mean, who knows? Maybe that word or that sentiment ends up in the statement of purpose. If it's, if it's really, really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, we work, oh, we, so we work, we work with our tropical climatic and culture expertise as a place based organization focused on Costa Rica. So it's, it's in a similar boat to that one above about what you specialize in. Mm -hmm. Probably not going to change. It's a decision you've, you've made so you can decide whether it's in or out or, yeah, and it's it's one we've talked about, and we have worked outside of Costa Rica. Um, and we, okay. we plan to in the future, but we've, you know, from like an ethical perspective, and and really making sure that we, you know, can deliver that value. So much of our our work is is based on knowing this place intimately, yep. knowing you know exactly where to find the best jackfruit trees in the country, mm -hmm. who to call for X Y Z, and we we've made the conscious decision that we want to keep going deeper in Costa Rica versus, you know, extending ourselves outside of that. And, and, yeah. and it could change in the future, certainly, but um, mm -hmm. it feels very true at the moment. We're pretty dedicated also to pushing clients that aren't in Costa Rica or the few that we have had uh -huh. to seek out people that can do similar work to us that might be from that place. Yeah. You know, I think the most recent yeah. trip that we did was, I think, guess when you went to Puerto Rico, you know, we definitely asked around to say, is there someone that can do this that's there? Yeah. Well, we don't know, <clears throat> excuse me, we don't, we're not from Puerto Rico. You know, mm -hmm. we don't, we can't pretend to know that place very well. Granted it's tropical. There are some patterns that we could probably recognize here, mm -hmm. uh, but, but we're not from that place. Whereas, you know, between the two of us, you probably have, almost 20 years of experience in Costa Rica at this point. Um, this is a place that we know and, and work with every day. Yeah. Yep. And we want that to, we want that to be our, our core competency and, and acknowledge that outside of that realm of expertise, which is obviously, you know, we're, we're early thirties where we, we can't know that much hmm. uh, outside of that, though, we, we definitely even, even, even less. One possibility is that it becomes a, in the, the layer, the layer down, you know, that if it's towards, the value or the professionalism or something. And it, you know, we, we, we're continually advancing our, our tropical climatic and cultural expertise as a place space, you know, to, toward adding that value or, or, or maybe it is, it is right up as a quality of life statement that really focuses on, we are becoming more and more immersed in the place we live and work. You know, that you, that you want mm -hmm. that to be a core truth in, in what you're, what you're doing. My sense of it, it's it's all very more. It's all you know, it's like a concept design. You know, it's all morphing and flexing. And does this belong here? We'll try it there for a while, and then it might become over there. There's no, there's no hard and fast rules. Mm -hmm. It's it's interesting to think about the things that, in this exact moment, feel so relevant to us mm -hmm. that we you know we're really focused on and we, we talk about as being important. And and probably some of those things will just become like norms mm, exactly our business that, yeah. that won't feel as like we won't have to use the word professionalism because it just is yeah it's not yeah. something we have to like you know remind ourselves that this is really important it just becomes part of what we do it and it'll be interesting to see how things like that change over time yeah yeah i think totally, you know, yeah. speaking to that as as well um while we were coming up to the up with this and working on this we knew that we were going to bring someone on 
we knew that we were going to put this out as a blog post. And so there was to a certain extent that context of that was if we create this then others that aren't me and Scott, because we have so many conversations every day, mm. um, could also look at that and make, Oh, okay. I see, I see what professionalism means to you all it means these yeah. different kinds of relationships. Yeah. Um, whereas we don't have to really discuss it. Um, but for someone like Ugo or some, you know, someone in the general public, we can say, this is what this mm. means to us. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's an important function. One little thought I was just having that given the highly uncertain climate, I think one risk, well, part of resilience for me is, is, is maintaining a clear distinction between what's not negotiable and what is, and who knows the world might shift in ways where there's massive economic recession, huge climate tornadoes and tsunamis and multiple pandemics. And who knows what the hell's in the pipeline where the business that anything like it currently looks is just not viable at all anymore. So you, you can run into times where it's like, well, what really matters here? And, and in those moments, it's like, well, specializing in tropical agroforestry, permaculture design, and educate, that might be suddenly very negotiable <laughs> and there might be an entirely different form. So even even if the different flavors remain in there, I think it's good to have that distinction. Sometimes I use a distinction between rubber balls and crystal balls. You know, if you drop crystal balls, they break and you start to, your health fails, you lose a relationship or whatever. Whereas there's rubber balls in a context as well that you can drop them for a while and they bounce back. Anyway, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's let's go down to the second aspect of purpose and contribution. I mean, one, one overall comment is we, I don't tend to work, you've got with the nested headings, you know, you've got the, the bullet points mm-hmm. within bullet points. So I, I kind of like the idea of, I usually end up with seven or eight statements that sit at the same level. And even though they do cover off on these categories, they're not, uh, you know, don't, don't use the words, but whatever different things work for different people. It's a formatting preference. Okay, so you've got what do we ultimately want to accomplish? Interesting that phrase, it's interesting to me in the sense that, I take it that comes from Savory's book. But to me, I, I, so, I, well, I mean, that to me, that can't be anything other than a goal, right? And we've already talked about how holistic contexts aren't about goals. You know, if you a goal is by definition something you want to accomplish as opposed to a quality of life statement, which is something you want to feel as true day to day to day. So I'm not too sure about that language. We create regenerative productive systems that inspire people to spend time in nature. Now, as you read this, I don't know if any of the listeners picked up on this. I got a little bit of a, a spark of energy through my body. And I was like, ah, to me that it's a step towards some of the unique flavors that I sensed as, potent- as possible in the statement of purpose. You know, mm-hmm. like you, you talked about that, about the ecological literacy and inspire, you know, the idea of inspiring people to spend time in nature. I might word it differently, but actively participate in their landscape. Feels to me like that's a huge part of what you're aspiring to do and what gives you energy is that you help people become enmeshed and nested and, and actively reciprocally contributing aspects of their, of their landscapes. So like I, I had a bit of a, yeah. oh, wow, that's, that's, that's good stuff. I feel like, so I think the piece that I've, there's, there's kind of two pieces to this whole um, context that I haven't quite figured out. Uh-huh. There's like something's missing in, this is basically the first piece where we actually start talking about what we do on the land. Mm-hmm. And it's like pretty far in. And there's not a lot, as, as we keep going down, there are more things that reference the land, but it's not that much, uh-huh. even though the majority of our work involves, you know, boots on the ground, like directing the planting of trees and, and, and all these things. And so it does feel like there's a landscape component missing and that there's maybe an, maybe it's overly focused on 
like internal business pieces. I'm not sure, but that that's something that's come up in the past where, um, you know, there, there's a couple other pieces that reference land, but there's not that much. It's more on like clients and expectations mm-hmm. and professionalism and the business. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? Two thoughts. One is, is get it into the statement of purpose because okay. the energy of the statement of purpose infuses the whole context to me. That, that's my okay. sense. I mean, I, as you know, I draw it as a, in the middle and it has this kind of halo. Yeah. So cut to the chase. So that is, it's core to what Paul Veneer design is that you're land based and particularly some of these flavors around inspiring people, working with people to help them steward their journeys and, and their interaction with the landscape. Yeah. And, and maybe that would, um, would, uh, address what you're feeling there. It's like, wow, it's right in the core of it. And then another possibility would be having a, a quality of life statement specifically about that, about land or place. Mm. But I would play around with dropping that statement into your statement of purpose and then working okay. in, you know, cause to me, that's a lot truer to what you're actually about than helping clients achieve their goals. You know, okay. yeah. it's, a, it's the sort mm, yeah. of energies we were talking about earlier. Alrighty, move on. We earn enough money to achieve our individual quality of life goals. One thing that comes up for me there is that earning enough money is, is one of very, very many ways the business can contribute to your own individual quality of life. Like to me, the, the underlying point is reminding yourself that, that a primary function of the business is to serve your quality of life as individuals. You know, there's the, yeah. the, the way I see the quality of life statements of the business are the things you need to feel true of the business if you're excited and fed and nourished by being involved in the business and then which are different to your quality of life statements as an individual what are the core ingredients of a quality of life for me as sam or as scott or as dan and part of the job of the the business and it's something that, that often isn't elevated enough in importance is to provide you with quality of life because so often we start businesses that smash and trash and drag our quality of life through the through the dust and have, it has a life of its own so, you know, whether you focus it on the money aspect, I feel like the underlying point is probably around a, a, core, fun, a core function of the business is to serve our, our individual quality of life quality, yeah. statements. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then you've got goals again. Bloody goals sneaking in. We have time for professional development and professional free time. Yeah, so. I mean, one, one point I sometimes make is that thing around, it's, the language is fine. I get the point. It's not actually about having time because we all have exactly the same amount of time. It's about how we use time. Mm. In a sense, it's more accurate to say we make time. And it's more, it's more kind of punchy. We make time for professional development and personal free time or in personal pursuits or whatever. Great. Yeah. I am getting a sense of the, there are, if, if you add them all up, you've got, there's a lot of them. This, you know, you've probably got 20 statements or something. In my experience, it usually ends up being eight or nine, and a lot of them okay. fall. I mean, you, you can see how it travels for you. To, to me, it's, I like having it on one page where it's just like eight or nine key things that we're deciding towards. Um, just makes the process a bit faster. Uh, we grow the business in a way that others, community future teammates, can benefit from the structures we create. One reflection there is, uh, this is I reckon this is a good example of the risk of pre-cooking or having a, having a decision that you might change your mind about sneak in to the context. Because from Veg's experience, one of the most exciting uses of this tool is when we made the decision consciously to shrink the business. You know, right now we've, we're deciding to grow it a bit, but there's been times when in service of our own personal quality of life, we're like, we need to shrink it. We need to get rid of the stuff we're doing, consolidate, simplify, and shrink. Um, Dan's made a quality of life statement to go and live in New Zealand for two years. We can't keep complex landscaping going right now, so we're going to stop it go back to simple 
wicking bed installs and then and, and years later we, we regrow it. So you, know, you, get, you get what I'm coming at. Like whether you grow the business or shrink the business or plateau the business, that's a decision. It's not a quality of life statement. That's interesting. That makes sense because we do, you know, I think reflecting some of our language as we've been figuring out how to achieve these, these quality of life statements, we, we were, we've been like, all right, we need to bring somebody else in to help us do that. Yep. And like we, we need to grow the business so we can work a little bit less or make a little bit more money doing the same amount of work, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've been coming at it from the addition perspective but you know the the negative, the subtraction is, is often the most beneficial way, and and so this I, I actually really like that that this, this yeah <laughs> this forces us doesn't force us, but it it keeps us in that mentality of we have to add oh, to achieve yeah. these things, yeah. and really it, the it reduction might be yeah. much more effective, and and we talk about this all the time where it's like cool that a new project comes in and we look at it like man. Like that could be a great billing, but do I want to work that much yeah. this month or next month? Like, man, I don't yeah. know. Like, yeah, yeah. like I'd rather be like fermenting and gardening and yeah. doing all these things that I love. And so, yeah, I, I want to take this out immediately or change it in some way. Yeah. 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 So, and the second bit is good. Can benefit community, future teammates, et cetera, can benefit from the structures we create. I, that's not on the veggies context, but it's a, something I take a lot of pride in. You know, we've, we've set something up that fresh blood can walk into and benefit from, right. not that it's perfect or anything, but yeah, they can benefit from things like the fact we already have a context and we already have a way of clarifying roles and whatever. Uh, we contribute to the effects of regenerative tropical agriculture and its impacts on social, financial, and ecological systems. Yeah, it's another interesting case because in it, it's right down the bottom in, in the way this is formatted. And in some ways, I want it to be right up at the top or it relates to those flavors you could have in your, st- your actual statement of purpose. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an important one to me. Lands is really important. And so it would be a quality of life, sta- at the very least, a quality of life statement that sticks as other ones get shrunk or deleted or demoted to forms of production or enabling actions, if not becoming part of the statement of purpose. No, it's, it's really good. It, it just having you highlight some of these over others and the the hierarchy starts to yeah, play out right. yeah yeah it, it's really good we're, we're sam's taking diligent notes here like, oh right because i was just thinking oh are you gonna remember you gonna remember this stuff as well oh, recording it oh yeah we're yeah, yeah i mean I'm pointing it, like type this and it's good to like just something to mention to listeners is you might think oh you know like it seems like hard dan's had a lot of experience with this stuff when I didn't have any experience with this kind of thing, just actually just being a separate set of eyes and just paying attention, like putting your attention on someone's work, yeah. you'll be surprised how much benefit that brings the people. They're like, wow, thank you so much. And you're like, I didn't do anything. All I just was looking at this like, yeah, no, yeah. you know, because you're supporting them to do their work. You don't have to be the expert doing the work for them. Yeah. Even if you're struggling, just, just say, so just ask questions. Like, so can you explain what you mean by the, this word or, you know, and, and it yeah. supports them to do work. Okay, so we've done a, a, a pass on the statement of purpose and the quality of life statements. The statement of purpose, this is a reminder being, I call it the core intentions, like the answer to why does this enterprise exist? What's the core of it? What is it? What was it brought into existence to do and be? We haven't talked about that, but I, I do love the idea of consciously bringing the function, what are we doing, the being, how are we being as we do it, and the will, what's, what, what are we wanting to contribute? But you've, you've 
covered off in all those in different ways, but I like bringing those into the statement of purpose. Which brings us to what Alan Savory called the forms of production. And interestingly, what he's since deleted from the latest edition of his book, because he realized it was people were starting to scratch their heads and was getting too too much <laughs> for our kind of simple modern brains to comprehend or keep up with. So he just ditched the whole thing. I find them really important. I call them enabling actions. I have my own reasons for that. I understand them as the actions we need to be taking on a daily basis in order to continually be injecting truth into the quality of life statements to make them true as we pursue our, our stated purpose. And so you've... Enabling actions, okay. Yeah, you know, like what actions will enable mm-hmm. quality of life? Yeah, I want to look at them with that lens as we... As we yeah, well, I mean, I've been into this in the past, but forms of production, I believe, is, was a residue of Savory's farming applications, yeah. you know, where it very much was you're producing wool, you're producing meat, you're producing timber. What are your forms of... What do you need to produce in order to... And, and then that was sort of applied to, oh, we need to produce, I don't know, a tidy, organized office. We need to produce a good relationship. And I, I was like... I don't know. It's, you know, I'd rather just say, how are we enabling this with the actions we take? I think you're spot on with your, your adjustments. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. So do you, why don't you take us through? Uh, and so by the way, these sit underneath and their entire job is to, is to help make the quality of life statements true. You know, what do we need to be doing or, or producing to, to make them true? One point I'll make is that whenever I do this, I always have it very clear which enabling actions are attached to which quality of life statements, even though sometimes one enabling action will serve more than one quality of life statements. Mm-hmm. I find that really helpful, particularly later on when you're auditing and, you, and, and you're, you're realizing, oh, right now, this, is, this quality of life statement is the least true. So what are we going to do about it? That's our focus for the next six weeks is to make that more true and then move on to the one that, that now is less true. And, and, and then I find it useful to, to be able to say, okay, if that's the least true, let's go straight to the enabling actions um, in service of that and find out what's wrong there or what's happening there, what we can change. Whereas in this formatting, which comes straight from Savory, it's a lot less clear. You've got to sort of dredge through and uh, is it this, this form of production or something to keep in mind? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to take us through these forms of production? So is it full, right. chunky? There's a lot of them. <laughs> there, are, there are quite a few. Want me to read them all? Maybe let's read read four or five. And okay, great. <laughs> give it. Give us. Um, we act with integrity, follow our business code of conduct, and foster the quality of relationships described in our quality of life statement. We manage projects that result in productive, beautiful, functional landscapes, which are evident in their improved soil, water, microbial ecosystem health. We manage projects which create safe and reliable livelihoods for workers and meet the financial, environmental, and social goals of the clients. We have clear expectations and deliverables for clients. Maybe that's, that's good. Yeah. Let's work with those. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'm just going to clarify the gist here. Um, did you want to say anything about these, Sam, before I do share some reflections? I feel that um, like the second one especially – Need some revamping or, or potential removal. Uh-huh. Um, now that we've gone through this with you, I'm starting to realize areas where, you know, what the idea of enabling action, or like what is, what needs to happen to get us to the quality of life. Yep. And seeing it through that lens is, is, is definitely making me change, like change how I feel about some of these, yep. some of these statements. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just getting, yeah, getting yeah. clear on what their job is in the, in the yeah. ecosystem exactly. and the context as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think one of the challenges for me is is sometimes they just feel so redundant 
Yes. Um, yep. you just like constantly repeating. Yeah. 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 You know how you need to act. And, and I, I don't always know how to. It's like that wordsmithing question. Right? Like how much, how yeah. much, how many more statements do you need to put? Yeah. Because yeah. if we could reduce this to, instead of, I don't know, 20 into eight. Oh. Whatever one, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, one word, <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. And there's there's definitely hundred percent plenty of scope for that to really tighten it up. And like you say, th these are dripping in redund uh, in redundancy. Yeah, um, almost every every one or a, a lot of them. Like for example, <laughs> we work with integrity, follow our business code of conduct. Um, I mean, if you have a business code of kind of following, that's that yeah, that's an enabling action that may well be in service of. I want to know directly what quality of life statement is that directly in service of. So, so this one directly touches to the relationships. So we have relationships that are safe, professional, etc. Yep. So what action do we need to take to do that to yep. have those relationships? Yeah. Yeah. So so you Does that follow? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm uh, directly underneath that. I might have there might be something around. You know, we we act toward each other with integrity, or um, you know, we 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 do what we say and we say what we do, and we we speak honestly about whatever comes up. Um, that might be one. I, I would say another enabling action is following a business code of conduct, because to me the job of them is to they're clearly distinguished enough that I know if this one is or isn't happening, so I don't tend to bunch them all to, together. So that you've actually got multiple forms of production inside one of multiple forms of <laughs> there's a lot of um, a lot of worms in the in the can and then the last bit is redundant in the sense that if it's directly in the service of the quality of life statement you know you're just reminding yourself what its job is whereas if it's linked to that quality of life statement it's like yeah it's obvious you can just delete that and there might be yeah. there might be other ones that are directly in service of that um so the next one was we manage projects that are either one you talked about sam is have a hankering to delete or, or, or change at least. It just seems intrinsic to, to our yeah. work. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 To me, you'd probably have enough of an implication of that in your, where you, where you take your statement of purpose and, and the, that last bit, I would consider that more of a, so a future resource space item, which we haven't got to yet. You know, that's the, the, the soil water microbial ecosystem health of the places you live and work. It's a, to me, that's yeah. an example of a future resource space item. So yeah, I'd say you could delete that and, and the flavors can go off to different parts of the context. We manage projects which create safe and reliable livelihoods for the workers, for, sorry, for not the workers, for workers and meet the financial, environmental and social goals of the clients. Yeah, it's sort of a mixture, isn't it? We manage it feels out of our control. Yeah. To a yeah. certain extent, you know, like we can only, like we, we talk, earlier about the, the idea of getting our clients more involved, actively participating in their landscape, inspiring them to get outside. Yep. But their context may change. Yes. And we yes. can't control that. And so if yep. we work with a client, you know, tomorrow, 15 years from now, we, we don't really have too much control over what's going on in their landscape totally. unless they continually call us back. Yeah, for so sure. That one is, yep. We can't yep. really, we can only hope to establish that in that practice. That's Especially right. Yeah. The yeah. Second part, the, yeah. the first part feels much more appropriate because a, a lot of times, you know, our, our, our clients are, you know, they're not the ones on site digging holes, right? Yeah. yeah. And so we're, a lot of our work, especially in, in COVID times where, yes. you know, many of our clients aren't here, can't make it to Costa Rica, um, you know, our interactions with the, the workers who are on the ground. And, and that's, 
you know, those are the people that we're talking to every day. And they might not be the decision makers, depending yeah. on the project. Yeah. Sometimes they are, yeah. sometimes they're not. But I, I, I like having that in there for the workers, a note on how we interact with them, but yeah. the other piece feels really redundant. I think Sam's spot on that it's, it's you know, at least stated like that, it's really out of our control. Yeah, it's yeah. It's an act that we can do. I mean, to me, when I, when I see that, we, I would consider we create safe and we are creating safe and reliable livelihoods for our workers. That to me sounds like a quality life statement, a really important one. So that's not for our workers. That's like the workers on the projects. That oh, I'm with you. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. So that, that may still end up being an enabling action, something around that. We, I think one of the reasons why we've got that in there, especially with respect to the workers and the forms of production is that in order for that to really give us our quality of life, we need to make sure that there's this safe and reliable work for, for these, these other humans at these, at these projects that we work on. Yeah. If it weren't that way, we wouldn't be getting the work. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't be creating something for ourselves that we feel good about. Yeah. Like we rely on these work crews so much. Like we have people all around the country that, you know, we're directing as best as we can, but they're often the ones implementing, right? Right. That, yeah, you're right. It's good to hear more about that part of how of the whole operation. It's almost like they're, I don't, you know, they're, for for short periods, they're part of the, the team. Yeah. And sometimes for long periods, you know, there's, there's right. definitely many projects we manage throughout the country where, you know, you know, uh, Kava is one of them, right? Like we're in direct contact. We go, we, we do our site visits periodically yep. um, and, and we do some of the implementation, but we're not the one managing actively every single day of the project. It's someone else and they call yep. us and ask us questions and yep. um, we, we're in touch with them as opposed to the actual, uh, I guess, owners of the project. Yes. Uh, yep. We're in touch with to actually do the work because that's, that's the yep. kind of work that we do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 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 So really important. Yeah. So it'd be good to think about what, what quality of life that connects to directly and yeah. Well, what, what's your sense? So we've got, we've got about another 20 or so <laughs> forms of production slash enabling actions. Yeah, I'm wondering whether you want to go through them now or you feel like you know, you've got enough of a sense of how you might continue to, to workshop them yourselves. And I feel, I feel really good about yeah. what you've been helped, like kind of coaching us through here. And I feel like we could probably re rework this and if necessary, mm. give you a call back. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's really required to uh, to go through every single one and kind of like get get into every single word yeah, there. Yeah, um, yeah it's, that's right. It's not, it's not about the details. It's about the pattern. Yeah, okay, awesome. Yeah, let's jump to the future resource yeah, base. Yeah. I feel like that's one that's been, we don't have that much in there, at least compared to the others. And it's something that's felt, it, it hasn't been as clear. So I'm curious the language you use around that. As yeah, yeah, yeah. Forms production to enabling actions and yeah, yeah. You know, I, I do. I've done something similar. Yeah. That. When I first got into this, I dove really deep into it and really read Savory's book very closely and workshops and all that. And yeah, where I got to with the resource base is that he construes it in terms of how things need to be 10, 20, 100, 200 years into the future, socially on the on the land um, and. As I tried to work with that, what I found that works better for me is, is to think of future resource bases made up of key variables that, um, that are directly connected to enabling actions. So that's the job for me is that, so you've got your, your purpose, where you're heading, you've got the quality of life statements, the core things you need to feel are true along the way if you're, you're getting quality out of being involved and want to stay involved. 
And then you've got the enabling actions that are things you need to be doing day by day, uh, week by week in order to keep those quality of life statements true, which if they're true, that enables you to, con to actually deliver on your statement of purpose. The future resource base looks into the, does look into the future and says, well, what, what are the resources that you need to be in place in order to do these enabling actions? What are, what are the enabling actions? What resources are they dependent on? And how do those need to think of them? I think of them as variables such that if, if, if a key future resource um, base variable diminishes over time, like for a, a classic one in any business is the goodwill of your customers. If that's going downhill over time, at some point you don't have a business anymore. So it's one of the core resources that you depend on into the future um, to, to continue operating, to, to, to be a business that's in service of your quality of life statements and your state, statement of purpose. And, and, and another one is um, like the, something as simple as the condition of your vehicles and tools. You know, if, if that's diminishing mm -hmm. over time, at some point things start to break and, it, and it's, you can no longer do your enabling actions, which, what means, which means your quality of life statement takes a hit, which means ultimately a statement, the purpose and your the viability of the whole operation takes a hit. Like for us, another example, this is where we put relationships with suppliers. They are in a certain state. And if the quality of a relationship with the people that supply the timber we make our veggie beds out of, or even the screws and bolts that we bolt them together with or whatever, if those relationships are going downhill, again, at some point they'll say, screw you, we're going to give the timber to someone else instead. Or These are core resources that we depend on to do what we do. We want to bring our conscious attention to them so we can nourish them and keep them strong. And if we have a strong resource base, we know that moving forward, we are able to keep doing the things we need to do to have the quality of life we want as we pursue our statement of purpose. Mm. And that's what gives you that resilience and that deep feeling of, you know, we got this and we've got a future. Like a, another, another example, a, a core one for me is my relationship, the nature of my relationship with my co-director. So in your case, the relationship between the two of you, right? That, that, that has to be healthy in order for everything else to, to happen. And so it's like, oh, let's go surfing together and do what we need to do to keep that strong and healthy. I'm seeing now, Dan, after you've said all this, that this whole section probably needs to be revamped, uh -huh. you know, to a certain extent. Like if you take the land one for, for an example, uh, if that's all, if that's all good. People aren't going to hire us, you know, like people hire us to fix damaged landscapes and, and amend things and, and work for this regenerative future. If it's already there, uh, yeah, you know, yep. we, we can't offer too much to them. Yeah. It's yeah. When savory, it was, it was around, you're on a farm. How do you want the land to be in the future? We want the soils to be lush and the diversity and, you know, and, and part yeah, of it's job we to, it. we, yeah. 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 And I mean, and I get that the motivation there is that, okay, that's a resource you depend on. So if your soil, you know, like what, what it comes down to is the same thing I just said, which is if your mineral cycle cycle is diminishing over time, if water, if water, if the water cycle, if the energy flow mm -hmm. if the, if the diversity of living communities, plants and animals on the land, if those are all going downhill at some point, you don't have a resource base anymore. You can't do your enabling actions of adding value, making a profit, whatever. And so you're out of business. So to me, it was, it was about making it really tangible and practical so that day by day, week by week, as we check in, we know what's actually happening rather than, yeah, as these are worded, it's more kind of, I don't know, aspiration and in general, as well as that point you made, I guess. I mean, it's not that you want to purposely hold back <laughs> on, you know, improving yeah. clients' land so you continue to have a job. And it's, like, it's not like that work will ever be done. 
I mean, I'll just read out some of the veg ones. Uh, the goodwill of customers, how organized our warehouses, the competence of our staff, relationships with suppliers, the health of our working relationships internally, the extent to which core roles are backed up, the resilience of our supply, um, the efficiency, elegance, and comprehensiveness of the systems we use to run a business, um, relationships with partners, brand strength, coherence and recognizableness, functional up-to-date, beautiful website, well-maintained vehicles and tools. And that, that, that it has done a lot of work when we check in those things. It's, oh, shit, we must be time to take the Uton for a service or whatever. Um, otherwise, right. it's going gonna, it's gonna to break on a, in the middle of a job. It's going to piss off the clients or whatever. Yeah. Those, those feel really practical where you yeah. can look at it and be like, yeah, the website is up to date and it looks great or yeah. it's not. And we need yeah. to change that. Well, what we have here, yeah, is, is much more aspirational. And there, there are certainly things that resonate with us, but. It's like an ideal. Yeah, it's like an ideal. Yeah. It's not, like, I don't imagine reading this in any way and being like, oh, cool. We're, it's, this isn't like a, a useful part of this holistic context at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. as like a tool. It doesn't feel like a, a tool right now. It's like a future yeah. we'd like to see, but it doesn't necessarily indicate a future that will promote and help our business thrive per se. Uh, yeah. It doesn't speak directly, like you said, to what do you need to have to enable or have these enabling actions, what needs to be there. Exactly, uh, yeah. It doesn't yeah. speak to that very much. Yeah, great, cool. All right, which brings us to the end of your holistic context as it currently stands. Yeah. Cool. So we have homework. Yeah. 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 A bit of homework. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I, I said, you, you know what we should do. Another two years. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, you you showed up. You you probably had a sense that you were in for, for something. Oh yeah. It wasn't just going to be you guys have nailed it. Great. You're done. <laughs> I just I thought <laughs> we could revisit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we could revisit the task purpose and just see how we tracked. And you can see part of what's yeah. happening here is we're applying this whole kind of way of thinking to what we're doing. Right. So it's like, we, we, we basically created a mini context for this conversation and now we want to go back and honestly reflect, how did we do? How do we track? Love so it. our task was to review your context. I feel pretty good about that happening in a general sense. So our specific purpose was we're recording this interview to review your holistic context and potentially help you increase its depth, clarity and decision-making power. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, I feel good. There's a couple things that are already like jumping out mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. where I want to really like shuffle things around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and like, like we've said, this is actually something we use. And so I, I can feel it. I can imagine this, you know, a couple more hours of work and it being that much more powerful. Yeah, I definitely see the, the clarity popping through, which then in turn informs decision making, obviously makes it a more powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, my, my sense was that we were on point there. And then the second bit was in a way that supports Porvenir Design's vitality, viability, and capacity to evolve. The last bit is kind of true by definition, isn't in a sense, and that what we're doing right. was evolving. The fact that we're sitting <laughs> here together. Is, yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. Is that we're open to these things. Right. I liked how you pointed out some of the things that might, you know, by using a certain language, like saying we are permaculture designers, we work in Costa Rica in the tropics, like those are pretty specific and, and they might fit our context now, but does that limit our capacity to evolve just as the same way we, we put a number on how much we wanted to make. And now we're finding that that is perhaps affecting some of our decision-making for good or bad. 
and so I want to reflect on some of those details, a little mm. bit more detailed pieces in here um, that that might mentally limit us a little bit. Um, the idea of like having to grow the business versus reducing things, shrinking the business uh, are interesting mm -hmm. ideas. So I like that a lot. Cool. Yeah. In terms of the, and, and hopefully over time, you know, all this work, a big part of what it's ultimately contributing to is your viability and hence your ability to stay vital. I, I, I enjoyed the vitality of the conversation. Like felt, felt like we we're all engaged and we're bringing some really good life energy to it. All right. And then the last part was so that you and your business, you and your business are becoming an increasingly potent agent of regeneration in Costa Rica and beyond. Which in some ways is find out. Uh, yeah, some ways it's like if you, that's, that's, yeah. come out of the wash. Prediction yet to be, yeah, 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 yet to be assessed. All right, we'll have to, we'll definitely have to get you. Uh, let's do that. Let's get you back in like I don't know three months or something. It'll be fun to yeah. see where you're at then. Cool. All right, cool. Yep. And then our, our product was a tight focused podcast episode that adds value to you and to listeners. As it's a resource, it's up to you. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's up to you out there. You let us know. Um, we've heard from Paul Venere. Worked for me. The listeners can speak for themselves. Will comment for themselves and then yeah that, that was our process we we heard the backstory and then we went through and um i feel okay personally just reflecting on because I, I i really wanted to be in a space of encouraging you your reflection rather than just sort of telling you what i would do which i did some of but you know i felt i felt good at least i feel like being conscious of that helped me do a bit more more of that than i would otherwise mm -hmm. yeah thank you so much for yeah, your time it, really feels, appreciate it, it feels really helpful and I feel like it, I'm even more excited about it as a tool um, to get yeah. toward Polynesia circa 1750. 1752. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. <laughs> Bring it on. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. We'll have a guest Ron show there for you. Love it. There we go. Massive gratitude for showing up. And, you know, that involves a certain amount of vulnerability and, and just transparency and, and sharing what you're about and um, no doubt bringing value to a lot of listeners as well as, as myself. So thanks heaps for, for doing it. It's been beautiful. And so that concludes this round of reviewing the Paul Veneer Design Holistic Context. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Thanks again to Scott and Sam from, for en enabling it to happen. You can track down more about Scott and Sam's firm, Paul Veneer Design at paulveneerdesign.com. You can learn about the project this episode is part of at makingpermaculturestronger.net. You can learn more about holistic management at savory.global and more about holistic decision-making at holisticdecisionmaking.org. Thanks again. Look forward to catching you in episode 51. Take care till then. Bye-bye.